Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician Dr. Robert Jackson with his wife Carlotta and daughter Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome, fellow patriots, fellow lovers of liberty. I'm delighted to be your host today. I am Dr. Robert Jackson, and you're listening to More Than Medicine. Our topic today is what is wrong with the vaccine mandate. As you know, there have been many previous vaccine laws, legislation regarding vaccines, and we have followed those vaccine laws for 50 years since the 1950s when the first vaccines became available. And nobody has complained overly much about those vaccine laws. So what's so different about this vaccine mandate? Well, let me answer that question. First of all, the COVID, quote, vaccine, close quote, is not really a vaccine. It's a genetically altered chemical agent. It's not a vaccine at all in the true sense of the word. More than that, it's an inadequately tested chemical agent. All previous true vaccines were tested anywhere from 10 to 20 years or even more before they were presented to the general public. The COVID chemical agent was tested for six months and never even completed the phase four trials before it was released under the guise of a pandemic. Compare that to the swine flu vaccine, which was pulled off the market after there were 54 deaths And I might add, it was with great humiliation and embarrassment that the swine flu vaccine was pulled off the market. This vaccine, or so-called vaccine, has caused many thousands of deaths. Within two to four weeks of it being administered, and it is still on the market. If the government had not given unlimited liability protection to Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, these vaccines would have been off the market within 30 to 45 days of being placed on the market. It is now apparent that these vaccines do not work as promised and they are not safe as promised. And that's the problem with a vaccine mandate. More than that, patients of mine who have obtained or acquired COVID now possess natural immunity. They possess their own antibodies, which are far superior to any protection provided by the so-called vaccine. Natural immunity is broader and longer lasting more durable, and it is far superior than anything provided by the so-called vaccine. It is not necessary for those who possess natural immunity to be given a vaccine, 
And that's part of the problem with the vaccine mandate. Large segments of our population are fearful of this so-called vaccine because of the risk of side effects. They simply do not trust this so-called vaccine. Now, our president, Joe Biden, made noise. He implied that he was going to, by executive order, create a mandate nationwide for a vaccine mandate. What's the problem with that? First of all, it's unconstitutional. It lacks the force of federal law. The president simply cannot make a blanket statement and apply that to all 50 states. He doesn't have constitutional authority to do such a thing. However, the mere suggestion that he would try to do that has propelled many large employers and federal entities to enact their own vaccine mandates, and I might add unnecessarily so. For example, the Los Angeles City and Los Angeles County has enacted their own vaccine mandates. And just last week, a large proportion of the firefighters in that county stated that they would walk out if a vaccine was imposed upon them. In New York City, there was a large teacher walkout, and their opposition to the vaccine was upheld by a federal judge. Federal entities all across the nation are being required to obtain the vaccine, except for, you guessed it, Congress. They have exempted themselves from the vaccine, and it has now become known that over a hundred congressmen and their staffers have taken ivermectin when they acquired COVID rather than submitting themselves to the vaccine. More than that, the post office, which has a large and vigorous union, has been able to exempt themselves from the vaccine mandate. In Charlotte, North Carolina, there are door-to-door health teams going and knocking on doors, inquiring about folks' health status, their vaccine status, and offering to give them the shot, the jab. And the word on the street is that people in Charlotte are feeling imposed upon, not threatened, just imposed upon by complete strangers asking them about their vaccine status. Every military man and woman in the United States is being required to receive the vaccine. Just this week, Southwest pilots, Southwest airline pilots, over 300 of them, stated that they would stage a walkout on December the 9th if they were required to get the vaccine, as Southwest Airlines has stated that they would. Understand this, the vaccine has a high risk of causing pericarditis, myocarditis, and blood clots. Any of those that occur in an airline pilot will cause them to permanently lose their pilot's license.
you can understand why these pilots would be extremely fearful of obtaining this vaccine. So, what are the other concerns? Well, first of all, there are constitutional concerns. The federal government simply doesn't have the authority to impose a nationwide vaccine mandate. On the other hand, individual states can do so. Their constitutions allow them to protect their citizens. Individual states write legislation all the time about workplace laws that guard how many hours per week you can work, how many breaks you can have per day, and all manner of such legislation. They could conceivably write legislation requiring a vaccine mandate. However, I am very doubtful that such legislation would go over well with the general population, and I am doubtful that our legislators would even try to do such a thing. The second thing is that vaccine mandates would probably violate, no, I'm not going to say probably, it would most definitely violate HIPAA laws. HIPAA laws protect your health, personal health information. It is not proper for you or anyone else to share your personal health information with anyone other than your personal medical provider and his office staff. As the Duck, Duck, Go radio commercial says, what you do on the internet at 2 a.m., well, it's none of our business. Well, your vaccine status is nobody else's business. And if they come to your door asking about your vaccine status, you just simply say to them, it's none of your business. It's a violation of HIPAA law for me to even tell you what my vaccine status is. Now, let me give you some advice. If someone shows up at your door telling you that they're from the health department and they want to know about your vaccine status, there are some things that have been recommended. First of all, preemptively set up a no trespassing or a no soliciting sign somewhere on the entrance to your property. So you can simply point to that sign if somebody from the health department or from the government shows up on your property. The second thing is you're not obliged to answer any questions and you're not obliged even to open the door. Now, I know most of you are from the South and you know that the 11th commandment is always be nice. And so it's just in your nature to open the door to anybody that shows up and just say, hi, how y'all doing? Come on in. And I'm not recommending that you do that for strangers from the health department. But if you do, and they ask you about your vaccine status, here's what you say. You should say to them, I'm not comfortable discussing my medical information with anyone but my doctor. Let's practice that again. I'm not comfortable discussing my medical information with anyone but my doctor. And then you invite them to leave your property. If they are unwilling to leave, then you pick up your phone and in their presence you dial 911 and you ask 
for a sheriff's deputy to come to your house. That's how you handle folks who come to your house unsolicited who want to know about your vaccine status. The other thing I want to share as a concern is this sets a dangerous precedent. When government exerts control over its citizens under the guise of protecting them from a pandemic or any other crisis, it sets a dangerous precedent. Because when government expands its authority over the citizenship, it never retracts its tentacles of control over the local population. You know that. I know that. And our government is using the pandemic as an opportunity to expand its control over the general population. And that's one of my greatest concerns about this pandemic, that it's not about the virus. It's not about protecting you and me. It's about expanding government control in just about every area of our society. The next thing that I see as an area of concern is that this pandemic leading to vaccine mandates is being used to push for vaccine passports. In order for you to gain access to a sports arena, an entertainment venue, mass transit, restaurants, airlines, bus lines, trains, to leave the country, to come back into the country, to go on mission trips with your church, you're going to have to have a vaccine passport that documents that you have been vaccinated. This is just like having to wear a yellow star when you were Jewish in Nazi Germany. It's going to restrict your ability to move about, to enact business, to do any of the things that you and I feel free to do as citizens in this country at the present time. Our ability to move about, to assemble, to transact business, to worship, to evangelize, all of the things that we now do freely are going to be limited severely simply for the lack of a vaccine passport. Hi, this is Bob of Bob Sloan Audio Productions. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast yourself? Do you have a desire to communicate an idea, opinion, or even a hobby or interest you'd like to share with the world? And do you have the communication skill and dedication? If so, let's talk. Send an email and a short description of your idea to bob at bobsloan.com. That's bob at b-o-b-s-l-o-n-e dot com. Now let's get back to the podcast. These vaccine passports are being used to push for a cashless digital society. In fact, South Korea recently, for a period of two weeks, asked all of their citizens to no longer use cash. They were concerned that people were using cash and communicating, transmitting the virus from person to person by utilizing 
paper money. And for two weeks, they ask everyone to use either their phones or credit cards only for all transactions, all purchases. And this pandemic is being used by governments around the world to push for a cashless digital society. In fact, twice in the last year, Democratic legislators pushed for a digital wallet in the United States that would be tied to a digital ID for every citizen in the United States. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a movement called ID2020, which is being promoted by the globalist Bill Gates, whereby everyone, not just in the United States, but in the entire world, would have a digital ID. And with that digital ID, someone would be able to follow the health information and financial information of everyone on the planet. Now, if that doesn't strike fear into your heart, you're not fully aware of biblical prophecy. Well, there are researchers at MIT who have been able to create a... Um, let, me, let me just read something to you a novel way to record a patient's vaccination history, storing the data in a pattern of dye invisible to the naked eye that is delivered under the skin at the same time as the vaccine. In a press release about the scheme released right around the time COVID-19 was identified in Wuhan, MIT researchers said the technology consists of nanocrystals called quantum dots. This tattoo-type scheme would remain under the skin where it emits near-infrared light that can be detected by a specially equipped smartphone. Well, this technology has been worked on for 10 years by Bill Gates Fauci, and the World Health Organization. And their purpose is to be able to record vaccination status and health information on every citizen on the planet. More than that, the World Bank has been pushing to have everybody's financial information also recorded on this near-infrared nanocrystal quantum dot system that goes under the skin and can be read with a simple smartphone. Even as I'm saying this, I'm incredulous that there are people that would be promoting a scheme like this. Astute, biblically informed Christian folks know exactly where that leads. Eventually, only those with the mark on their hand will be able to buy or sell or trade or be employed. Now, that's serious business. That is very, very serious business. Those who are biblically astute fully understand 
that the book of Ezekiel and the book of Daniel tell us that one day there will be an Antichrist who rules a one-world government and a one-world economy. And when he arrives on the scene, that only those who have the mark of the beast on the back of their hand or on their forehead will be able to buy, sell, trade, or be employed. And all of you know immediately that discerning Christian folks will never allow any kind of system like that to be implanted in the back of their hands. And you realize immediately that those who are going to be on the outside when a system like this is employed are going to be discerning Christian people. And discerning Christian people who refuse this quantum dot nanocrystal system who refuse to have that inserted in the back of their hands, are immediately going to be outcast. They will immediately be unemployable. They will immediately be unable to access their financial assets in the banks of this world. They will immediately be unable to travel or fly or get on a bus. They will immediately be unable to go to church or to large venues. They won't be able to get on an airplane and go to other parts of the world. They will be social outcasts. That will be the consequence of this system promoted by Bill Gates, Andrew Fauci, and the World Health Organization. Well, let me read you a quote, another quote. In the United States, we do not force adults to take medicines or have medical procedures if they are psychiatrically competent. We do not make them lose weight or stop drinking or exercise. We do not make women have abortions or get pregnant. Personal medical decision making is just that. It is personal. It does not belong to the state. These COVID vaccine mandates and quasi-mandates are fast becoming the greatest infringement on liberty in the United States since slavery was abolished. And I do not know what is going to stop them. That was Alex Berenson. So let me ask you a question. What is the cure? What exactly is the cure for all of this that is happening in America today? Well, I would submit to you that freedom is the cure. People, businesses, and states should all be free to choose their own solution. They should be free, responsible, and they should have choices. I'm reading to you now a quote from 800 health officials from some of the country's most renowned institutions, including Yale School of Public Health and the Stanford University School of Medicine. And they published an open letter to Vice President Mike Pence and all federal, state, and local leaders involved in shaping COVID-19 policies. These experts strongly oppose the lockdowns 
and vaccine mandates. And here's their quote. Mandatory quarantine, regional lockdowns, and travel bans have been used to address the risk of COVID-19 in the U.S. and abroad, but they are difficult to implement, can undermine public trust, have large societal cost, and importantly, disproportionately affect the most vulnerable segments of our communities. Voluntary self-isolation measures are more likely to induce cooperation and protect public trust than coercive measures and are more likely to prevent attempts to avoid contact with the healthcare system. Voluntary is the key word. Those of us who want to preserve our freedom amid this panic believe in the principle of personal responsibility. America's history has shown that the combination of rational self-interest and personal morality will motivate the majority to act responsibly in situations such as this, assuming the public is equipped with the right and correct information. If you inform Americans that those with weakened immune systems, such as the elderly and people with certain medical conditions, are the ones who are really at risk, then those individuals will generally, of their own will, self-isolate out of self-interest. They don't want to wind up hospitalized. Their family and friends will voluntarily refrain from visiting them out of a desire to not infect their loved ones. And nursing homes will voluntarily suspend visits out of self-interest to not kill off their paying residents. In all of this, at no point is it necessary to place restrictions on everybody, regardless of whether they are susceptible to the virus or not. Such broad actions are the equivalent of using an axe when when what's needed is a surgical scalpel. The cure should be tailored to every person or group's particular needs. The same thing is true of a vaccine mandate. The same thing is true of vaccine passports. That's applying an axe when what is needed is a surgical scalpel. Freedom is the cure. People, businesses, individual states should all be free to choose their own solution. I am recommending freedom, responsibility, and choices. This is America. And Americans live in a land that's free. We are all free Americans, and we should be allowed freedom, responsibility, and choices. I am Dr. Robert Jackson, and you are listening to More Than Medicine. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information on how to contact the Jackson family, to schedule a speaking engagement, or how to obtain Dr. Jackson's book, go to jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast was produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production.